strange. It's like everyone kind of started doing the remote thing, and then I think people are coming back into the office. Absolutely. What the remote thing was real difficult. It was super difficult and not good for people, I don't think. Yeah. Mentally. It takes the organic process away Mm -hmm. and the mentoring. So the mentoring is part of it that I just lost sight of, you know, during that remote working Mm -hmm. and the sense of value and, and, uh, not really direction, but just kind of helping people through their day yes. was lost. Yeah, the family. Because, yeah, because vibes. I would get tired. I didn't want to be on the video. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, just it's not make the my same. brain hurt. Yeah, it's not the same. Um, are but, you are you having more of your employees come back in? Oh, like, they have all they're they're all in. Okay. We we only stopped going into the office for a few weeks. Oh, ah, okay. I was yeah. not like a super scared about the whole thing yeah. ever. Yeah. Like, so it doesn't not to sound cocky. It just was like, what yeah. I feel like media hyped up a lot of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. It's still, sure you, it's, it's still kind of weird. Like, I mean, but I mean, there's a lot of remote yeah. work happening still. And I don't know if we're going to end up with kind of a hybrid of like, you know, some people are going to be back in the office. We ended up in a weird position where we, you know, we started this new company during COVID. Yep. And we started off remote. And so basically our team is distributed, yeah. you know, Wimberley, San Marcos, Houston, Dallas. Oh, wow. Um, San Antonio. And so and really we got hard. a couple of people in Austin, but it would be really hard now at this point to get everybody back in. But it, we couldn't at this mm-hmm. point. So Yeah. Seems yeah. like there's certain industry that has latched on like tech, right? Mm-hmm. That they allow those guys to work remotely, but... As far as I can tell, architect or design wise, <clears throat> most everybody I know is all back in the office. Yeah, and they yeah, we we definitely are too. Yeah, there's no there's no replacement for <clears throat> sitting around a table, looking at a set of plans, whether you're oh, yeah. design or you know in the construction phase, of just being able to look at something together and, and look somebody in the eye and say, hey, what do you think about this? How are we going to handle this? For sure, it's just not the same on. Teams or Zoom or whatever. No, Google, I mean, you know, it's, it's such a tactile thing. Yeah. You have to be in the office together. Talking about okay. technology. Yes. I'm, I'm going to take us in a quick different direction. Do it. So, just yesterday, so my middle daughter is in design school in Arkansas. Okay. Okay. So, she's in studio right now and it's kicking her butt, you know. So, she's getting ready. She's working on her last project. And, uh, you know, we get text messages from her at one in the morning, oh, yeah. you know, she's, she's staying up all night working, working her butt off. Well, <clears throat> she had her first review of her last project she's going to turn in on Monday and grant she's been, you know, she didn't do as well as she wanted to on the, on the first two projects. So she's been busting her ass. Yeah. And so she turned in the project Monday morning, did the review. And then Tuesday morning, her teacher Got her outside and said, hey, uh, I just wanted to talk to you. Did you use AI <gasps> on your project? Wow. Yeah. And my daughter was like, no. So she called us yesterday, like really upset. She's like, I can't, you know, she's accusing me of using AI. And, and I'm like, really? Is, is that even a thing now, like in school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? it is. And, yeah. And, um, so what do, you, what do you guys think about AI? And, and is that, have you seen that? I mean, I, I, I'm oblivious to that part of it when it gets into design or I mean I know it's out there I'm not but what have you seen in your in your specific fields and how are you guys thinking about that um I it's not good um I had a client a potential client send me a deck an investment you know deck that you put together that normally they're coming to us and saying we need you guys to put the visuals together that they already had visuals on there and he had put, he had done it himself and he's not a designer and they looked great I was like, who did these for you? And he said, oh, I just fiddled around with AI. Really? It took a while. He's admitted, you know, it took a while. But, um, you know, it's definitely, I think it's a a competition for us, you know, and it makes, it's going to make things harder Mm -hmm. to sell your own, your Mm. own product. Do you feel that? Yeah, kind of. I, 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 I don't know about the competitive part of it, but, um, because there's this contextual or this uh, there's this acknowledgement of of context and and local appropriateness mm-hmm. that I don't believe that AI can do can do yet. And so uh, we've had a little bit of experience with that, and mostly it's 
clients coming in with feasibility studies and there's an AI group already out here uh, and and you can put in location and the AI will, whatever that means, I don't even know what that means. This thing will tell you how to optimize um, land use, mm. right? So they're saying you can get this this much office, this much, and then it'll it'll do three dimensions. Like come, it outputs a, a really uh, interesting matrix as well as like a, a site plan. Okay. And and it's close. Like it's real interesting, and it's close, but it also doesn't compute the adjacencies of mm-hmm. property, of context, of trees, of like local neighborhood spirit. And, um, and then I was going like, I, I, I think I was on, uh, I was on Instagram and there is this post, I don't know who it was from, but it was a post about, um, stadiums of the future from AI. And it was like big arenas and they were wacky, man. And I don't know what, how they did that or, or whatever, but I was thinking, I just can't, like, I couldn't see a community, yeah wanting it to adopt it. And again, it was like this contextual inappropriateness. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that it maybe it can be programmed at it's, some point, I imagine. It's tricky. I think it's uh it's it's dangerous and tricky. It yeah. takes out the soul yeah. of what we do. And you know me, Jeremy, I'm like a hands on yeah. get my tool belt out, be yeah. in yeah. the grit of a project. I don't and know so, how they input soul. Soul, it's in the spirit. Well, you said the word spirit. Um, it, there's no way a robot can capture the essence and spirit of a community. Yeah. The the other thing that I like I parallel it with is Pinterest. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get clients. They have these huge Pinterest boards, and they're just they're just grabbing, mm-hmm. right? And then and it's our job to to edit and refine and and peel it down to this essential criteria that is our our clients right and um and i see that sort of as ai absolutely i was thinking that initially too that pinterest makes things harder for designers in some ways um because it um creates expectations from the client that are less curated and you end up copy and paste copy and paste copy and paste and it takes out the the artistic value of what people like you and I bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good. I mean, it's good as a visual, but you have to be sure. real specific about, it's not the whole thing, but it's this little component that we're interested in. So I don't know. I, in some ways it's telling people what they want to, to have rather than letting their imagination be Yeah, the anchor. And there's a, you know, yeah, there's a whole other process too, that you can, you can get, Clients, we we all know these folks that are just looking for the bottom dollar. Yeah, right. That's, and, that's what I was going to say. And those say bottom is... dollar folks are going to be interested in oh, yeah. AI because they can get it done quick, and they don't really care about the process and the context. And do we? I don't really want to work with those folks. Exactly. Yeah. I always say, people, if if a client, because you know, my first year of my, my children's first year of life, they came to my office, and for you know. Because I was nursing them. Yeah. And yeah. I look back and I'm like, how did I do that? I would yeah. be typing and rocking bear on yeah. my foot like this, you know, <laughs> and keeping him entertained. And and I would say, you know, if a client, potential client or client comes in and they don't like kids and dogs, they're probably not people I want to work with yeah. anyway. You know, so I just kind of became unapologetic about having my kid or dog. Now the dog comes to the to the office. But it is it is important as any business to curate who the, are the right people to work with. Absolutely, yeah. You, you it, it's difficult work, and we, we talk about it all the time. It's they, they're, they're interviewing us, but we're also interviewing them. A hundred percent. And so, if it doesn't click, if there's these red flags that go off, and you know it's going to be somewhat of a complex project, and if this conversation is difficult right now, then. It's only going to get harder. It only gets harder. So you might as well not step into that. Yeah, for sure. If yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you have to just because. But <laughs> yeah, this, this little thing it's called overhead. Too. Yeah, that's right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, actually the hardest part about scaling. I think is is that you know taking on projects that you're like, if I were smaller, would I take this on? Yeah, that that's a that's a good segue of a question that I have for okay. you. Okay. And um, 
I've always n- n- known you in my head because, again, this is the first time we really, really had a chance to talk. But I've always known you to to be a, a real soulful person, and you maneuver through life. Uh, and again, tell me if I'm wrong. In a, in a direction that is atypical, <clears throat> atypical, because you're you're moving through. It seems like you move through phases based on just a joy, mm-hmm. right? And, and interaction and joy. And, you know, I'm sure there's a number of other things and, and you named it family and, you know, these things around the, you that make you happy. Mm-hmm. And I've, I also feel that there's, there's, um, there's not this overarching burden to follow this linear passage or this linear way of, of doing things that are, we can call it corporate. Mm-hmm. And and I find that real interesting because you're so successful and people know who you are. Not that that's important, but, you, you know, you're you're sought after in a way that is, is a real fantastic thing to like. It's this fantastic aura because you're, you, you've created this thing of, you know, joy and you're just doing what you love. And, and so I'm, when you say overhead and, um, you know, it brings it brings me back to to think that oh yeah, she has that burden too. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's a serious weight <laughs> that I deal with every day, especially now. And so, how do you navigate that part of it while trying to scale and trying to keep that I, that self identity? Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic question yeah. that I probably think about on the daily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am. Thank you for what you said. It's really sweet and. Um, it makes me want to tear up, but I'm going to refrain. Um, I I think I do feel everything. And um, I, my team says they love this about me, but I do, I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes from the pain that I've had over, you know, I lost my mom when I was 10 and had issues, you know, t- betrayal with my dad. And, you know, you could just keep going on and on and we mm. can get to that later. But I think because of all that pain, I am who I am. Yeah. And it's all made me stronger. Um, but it's also made me a very honest person and um, kind of a no bullshit person too, because it's like, we just need to be ourselves with each other. I uh, Managing my team is one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. So keeping my, my team feeling like family and creating a culture where people want to come to work, they want to do what they're doing. Yeah. That's key and paramount. How do you scale that? You find the right people. And then you find the right clients. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, comes with a level of maturity and age. And, you know, you grow into that and yeah. you you start, you get better at seeing the red flags earlier. Yeah. And, and you know, growing in overhead, it's, I've, our company has grown exponentially actually since COVID um, and since I've had children, which is kind of a funny thing. Yeah. I thought when I had kids, it could take away from my career, but it just taught me to trust people and delegate better and mm. and lean on my team harder and lean on the village. And so it's actually pushed me into growth. Yeah. Um, and it's a core value. Like I saw my parents work hard and I, 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 Joey and I pride ourselves in like making sure that the kids are in our lives. It's not a, you know, we don't, mm-hmm. we don't change everything for them. They're a part of our lives. We want them to see what we're doing. So um, they're, they're like, they're going to be coming over to my office later tonight to help me do stuff to set up for yeah. Austin studio tour. We're yeah. hosting some artists, but, um, yeah, I think Mark, like the joy, the word joy, I, uh, it's, it, it it's just key to, to life. And if we're not happy doing what we're doing, we got to shift. Yeah. And I am a little atypical and nonlinear. And sometimes that feels design is a fluffy fluffy industry yes and then sometimes the snobbery of it drives me crazy oh yeah you know and so i think that is something that i struggle with like we're not out to get published in the best publications we're not doing it for the fame we're not doing it for the yeah the fluff yeah we're doing it because we love connection with people and we love like the curation process and the outcome yeah we we that's a great answer. We're um, <clears throat> we're rebranding our office, and that will come out sometime first quarter next year. But it's purposefully to 
take my name out of it. Mm. I've always had an issue with my name being there, right? Yeah, and, uh, and I feel the same. <clears throat> and, you know, it was me just not being creative enough to think of something else whenever I got thrown into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it has become real important because there's a core value around what the name will be. And it's not the, it's not the individual, it's the people. And I, I think that uh, there's this level of n- normalcy or, or doing things in our industry that has this very linear approach. And um, I'm real interested in breaking it. And I haven't right really put my, I always talk about it, but I don't know that I have that, that pitch down yet, but I feel like you're in the similar vein whether you know it or not, or you you see it or not, that you're in the similar vein of <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit that I'm gonna hit that parallelism with with traditional you know business mentality, but I'm also gonna diverge and because it, it's right and the diverge feels risky. The diverge, yeah, right, but and you may not know it that that it's satisfactory in a way that it could be profitable or it could be rewarding but you do it anyway and pr- exactly and profitable and rewarding it's like which is more valuable yeah. at the end of the day and if you're doing the things in a way that keep people happy then it's like i always believe the money will come yeah. to cover that overhead yeah, right. it's funny i was just having this conversation with one, <laughs> one of my newest employees about our name like kim lewis designs you know and I told her, I, you know, we, we, I started the company 11 years ago and, um, and it was that the name is out of laziness because I had, I was, I was working on the TV show and, and then my first client was Jewel, the singer songwriter. Yeah. And she was like, will you come to my house? And I was like, yeah, I guess I need to start a company. What I'm thinking this is back when I lived in LA, what's the name going to be? I'm like, I had no time to think yeah. about it. So Kim Lewis designs, it's like the most boring lazy, unthoughtful, you know, and now it's like, man, yeah, how do you scale a name like that? You don't, I mean. Well, it's done all the time that architecture and interiors is all name-based. Yeah. You know, it's like attorneys and, you know, it's so. Yeah. I don't know. I love that you're rebranding though. That's good for your people and. Yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, I always try to, think or tell myself that I'm not attached to stuff. And I think that names are mm-hmm. like something that you can shed. But when I'm doing it, it the name is not the, the thing that I found that I enjoy, but it's the logo. I really like our logo. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, it's got to be better than this. Right. And yeah. so it's been, it's been this interesting journey, you know, personally for me to let go. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. One of the ways we pivoted during COVID was to start doing branding for companies. Mm. And I let my background's actually marketing, which is that. funny. Yeah. Um, but I love like branding is storytelling. Mm. It's like at the end of the day, so is design and so is architecture. Yeah. Like we were trying to tell a, a story mm. with our Yeah, yeah, job. absolutely. Yeah. And and the brand and so many of our projects, like restaurants, they don't have a name yet or you know, so I, I love being hand in hand in that because you get to, it's like the whole puzzle piece, the whole, yeah. you know, it's like everything is yeah, supposed right. to go together. It's, it's got to tell a story. It's got to be, the thread has to be similar. I love branding. It's a, definitely a, a fun, yeah, kind of a, another side that we, a side hustle that we started doing under our company. Well, if you think about it, we, whether we're creating a logo or not, we're, we're branding companies. We're branding companies that create a soul that is identical to the people, you know, that is living in this place, mm-hmm. but we brand it with materiality. We brand it with procession through the space. We brand it with personality. For sure. Yeah. So I think you're doing it anyway. Uh, thanks. Yeah. It's funny you said we're not as, we're not corporate. I think that's a, uh, if the, you're, you're right on the money. I definitely, I've actually turned away projects that felt like they weren't going to satisfy the need to be extra creative. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I just don't want to be doing it if it doesn't feel right mm-hmm. to who we are. Yeah. How do you, um, I also, we, we talk a lot about like that camaraderie between not only the owner and the designer, but the designer and the contractor, like that team. And that's where 
you know, Jeremy and I have worked together quite a bit and I know y'all have worked better together quite a bit. And so talking about the typical way of doing things where we go into our vacuum, we draw, we create, and we have this conversation with the owner and then we dish out drawings to be priced and built. Like that's just a broken model that we probably all agree with, <clears throat> but it's still a part of our industry. And when you try to fuse those that collaboration in a real way that allows there to be transparency and openness and like you come and design and I'll come and you know talk about means and methods there's some legality there that you have to be watchful of but how do you how do you navigate that it's all about relationship at the end of the day and education I mean I I think there's a misconception. I mean, it's a tough, we're in a men's industry, right? First of all. So being a woman in that can be challenging. Um, being a, you know, like some, when people call us decorators, I'm like, we will not be working together. Um, <laughs> but I think if you, you know, showing up and knowing, knowing your drawing, and, and and learning, continuously learning to draw in a manner in which it can be built and being responsible and accountable to having ideas of how to build it, even though you're not the one doing it, how to engineer it in a way that's value, value engineered for the client, but also just showing up and talking with the contractor. There is a lot of ego in our industry and I just don't have space break and time it. for it. Oh my gosh, I will break that barrier yeah. down so hard so fast. Like yeah. we're all here at the table to do a good job in a way in a means that the client can afford and let's do that together. Like it's literally needs I am I I advocate really hard for a good designer builder relationship. Mm -hmm. Jeremy, I think you can probably attest Absolutely. to that. Absolutely. It's not about I drew it, you build it. It's it's yeah. It's we. I remember walking into, I mean, when I was working for Extreme Makeover Home Edition, I came, we lived in, our studio was in Hollywood. You're looking, you know, you're you're already, when you go into like Podunk, uh, Arkansas, they already have this conception of who you are because you're yeah, from Hollywood. Right. I would literally stomp my boot and say, I'm not from Hollywood. I'm from Texas. Let's sit down and do this together. I'm going to yeah. make you look good. Let's make each other look good, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I kind of just like, I just don't let I don't let that happen. Um, when it starts happening, you you correct it. Yeah. yeah, you know it's like no, no, we're in, we're in this together. Yeah, and if I've presented a drawing to you that isn't necessarily buildable, then let's redraw it. I've got no, I'm good. Yeah, I've got no ego in this. So. Um, as you scale, so I, I, f I often find that that is a very uh, innate personality in someone mm -hmm. that just wants to squash whatever that is. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it's hard to do, right? It takes a certain level of whatever. Confidence. Yeah, confidence to walk in a room of especially contractors that are already you know, ready to battle it up <laughs> yeah. and, and take that on, right? And just create a neutral atmosphere. So when you scale and uh, is that something that you try to mentor constantly with your with your team? A hundred percent. Because we do all the time. A hundred percent, yeah. It's mm -hmm. tough, yeah. My newest employee, she graduated from UT um, in May and she She's awesome. But it's it's a personality trait that you have to look for. Mm -hmm. And it's in one of our interview questions is, you know, how do you handle a contractor that's pushing back on you? Yeah. Like, mm. so let's just. What's the answer? The answer is with confidence, but you have to know what you're doing. So I always tell my team, like, walk in there and show them that you know what you're doing. Yeah. We're not here to just like paint a pretty picture and, you know, put out some candles. Mm. Like, show them your section drawing. And and also be open to feedback and and yeah, invite right. invite them that to humility. the table to say, hey, this is how I think we should build it. What do you think? Mm -hmm. That's so powerful. Mm -hmm. That's the answer. Like it's a team effort. You know, you're working together. Another thing I find so funny is we'll send. Well, you, I know you can relate to this. We spend all these hours and this client's money to put together all these 3D drawings and you know, pictures. And I, 
I can't tell you how many times that hasn't like gotten to the subcontractor, mm-hmm. you know, where it's yeah. like, you haven't seen what you're trying to build. Yeah. You walk to the site and you're like, how? Let me just print that out and take yeah. it to the wall for you. You need to see the puzzle. Yeah. I tell clients like, what's yeah, the- black what's, and white shouldn't even happen anymore. Right? Yeah. I mean, the drawing. It's, it's inexcusable. Yeah, I know. Um, that, that's a failure on the contractor part. Y- right? Yes. It really well, is. To, now, it also could be on the design team, too, right? Because mm-hmm. there could be, yeah, the, uh, we should be on site and we should understand what those trades are looking at. And if we should realize it quickly, like I was telling our office the other day, because we have this BIMX thing that we could give everyone. And, and and it's got the drawings and the sections and the model. And it's like this fabulous thing. It's not, you can't necessarily build from it, but you get the intent. And you get the intent of the drawings in the set all at once. Like, this is this is awesome. Yeah. But they forget all the time to, to send that out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why isn't this a thing? Yeah. You should buy iPads for the contractor and just <laughs> give it. Yeah. So here it is. Well, contractors are slow to develop and, and adopt new technology. Yeah. Right? And we've talked about yeah technology in the in the construction world and and where that's going but you know it's it you know it's um you know one of the the statistics that surprised me is that you know there's there's not a lot of new people getting into construction and getting into the trades oh yeah right it's not not as much well, in as the what, trades yeah in the trades true, yeah. and so you've got a lot of these like me getting to be old you know when we remember you know sepia machines and <laughs> you know having a rolling out a big set of plans um but absolutely, you know, the more information that's shared. Yeah, the collaboration thing, I'm definitely passionate about that because, you know, Mark and I have now I've got and, – and I mean, I could even argue back when we were working together at Torchies. It just there, – there's a lot of – a lot of benefit from it, and there's a lot of, like, really true success that comes from collab, the whole team collaborating. I do argue that it, it, it requires the owner to have the same mindset as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because that's – a lot of the times where a lot of the adversarial relationship comes in is – kind of how the owner has set up the project and what their expectations are. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, then you could, you could say, architect, you got to have that conversation up front. Here's how this yeah. process is going to work. And, yeah. and we'll set that up at the very beginning. And a lot of the developers that we work with, they're just going to march through and, and dictate and do and expect, and you're going to have to change that on the upfront. So you know, it's interesting, like, like starting every project, if you were to sit everybody down, the owner, the contractor, the architect design, everybody would agree what the, what the uh, I think, would agree kind of what the goals of the project are. And everybody wants to do the right thing and have a successful project. But it seems like when you get into it, that's where the real work starts of like collaboration and yeah. having an open mind, being, being humble, yeah. right? Yeah, we, communicating. Communicating, yeah. Or there's no there's no standard for that, yeah. right? And, yeah. and everyone is different. And so you have to treat, you have to go forth with the standard, but you also have to treat them as individuals. Mm. And that's hard. It's difficult. It is. It takes more work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's very challenging. I was really proud of Caroline. We were like moving something for a bakery we did in Houston and you know, this guy was like, would they hire the tiniest crew of women? Like what, you know, just made some comment like that, that you're like, aren't we past that? But we're not, yeah, we're no, not, yeah, we're not yeah, past no, that. No, no. We're still fighting through that as oh, women. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, but we're doing it, aren't we? And she's my youngest, yeah. you know, I mean, she just looked That's at him awesome. straight in the eye and goes, Good. but we're doing it, aren't we? And she's tiny. She's like, she, they were like, are you, is you, are you Kim's sister? You know, you're like, can you stop with the inappropriate commentary? Like, <laughs> We're doing it. We're here. We're hustling. We're, our sleeves are rolled up. We're in it. But it is like getting out to the side is critical. And I find that it's like, I that's something that we really, I push my team to be very in, uh, very present yeah. on the site. Because um, it's easy to get kind of trapped in the office doing drawings. Yeah. The new younger folks, they just like to mm-hmm. stare at this machine and not go out of those boundaries and it's it's sometimes hard to get them out of the seat. Like we've got multiple projects and, and construction, even though it's not yours, go look at it. Yeah. You know, meet those, ask the trade, what do you think of these drawings? And <laughs> you'll get an earful. <laughs> yeah. It'll but, tell you. Uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's critical to, I mean, that's where you learn the most is really on this, the job site. I mean, that's where I learned everything I knew. Like yeah. I didn't get a degree in design. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm real curious about how you got, where, how'd you get started? How are you? you? <laughs> yeah. I was working for a furniture manufacturer in Austin as their marketing, four hands. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As their marketing director. And we were in High Point Trade Show. And they, in comes the producers from ABC, Extreme Makeover Home Edition. This would have been like 2004, no, five, 2005, I think. And um, they asked us if we would donate furniture to the show. And I was watching the show. I loved the show. You remember it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. And um, there are some people that are, it's, I'm dating myself. There's some people now that are like, oh, I never watched that show. I'm like, you're oh, too yeah, young. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's right. That was big. Yeah, it was big at the time. And they, uh, yeah, we donated furniture. I went to Oklahoma, like stayed up all night, helped them find, finish installing all the, the furniture in the house. And the next day, the, the executive producer was like, we want to hire you. Like, I think they just saw that I had a ton of energy <laughs> and I could stay up all night. Um, but yeah, I just fit right in. And um, they're like, we'll call you this summer. And, you know, you hear that and you never know. And I uh, I got the call when I was literally walking down the aisle to get married. So wow. the joke is that I he married me and the show that day. Uh. Um, and that marriage failed. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, it didn't work, but. Yeah, I moved to LA like within within three weeks of getting married. Dropped everything, took a Penske truck, did the first build in Alaska. Oh, what really? Was, were you nervous about the first one? I was. That you know, the honest truth is, I had never designed a room in my life. Yeah. And the executive producer was like, "We want to hire you to design rooms on a, you know, on seventeen a- million, <laughs> seventeen million, you know, ratings, yeah, like show." Jeez. So the whole like fake it till you make it, yeah. I I understood that after that. <laughs> you just learned. We uh, put together like a football field in Alaska in four days. I mean, just the unimaginable, the deadlines, the like insane hours. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times like I used a ream of copy paper t- as a pillow in an RV for a 30 minute nap and then got up and kept going for another 40 wow. hours. After you had finished those, did you have a big break? until the next one or it just kept with that pace mm-hmm. wow. it kept with that pace and after two years they put me in charge of the design team so I had the same schedule as Ty Pennington like I would go from one house to the next to the next I mean oh just my. bouncing wow. mm-hmm. and we would go we would go you know people always say you, you didn't build those in in a week I'm like no we actually built them in five days Mm, yeah. Because you have to move everything out and you move everything right. back in. Yeah. So you only have five days, 106 hour build schedule. Wow. That's crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. You would love it. Yeah. You know, like we we were in the very forefront of like the quick dry concrete for foundations. Yeah. And, I mean, that right. was, yeah. and then prefabricating walls. Like this was, you know, yeah. a long time ago. And people were figuring out ways to like sort of build off site and bring it on. How did you qualify the contractors to make sure that they would be able to execute, right? Because, I mean, or, or did you ever have a situation where you didn't get it done in five days? We did in Baltimore, We, but we bit off more than we could chew. And we did a 12,000 square foot wow. girls' home. Wow. 12,000 square foot. We would have made it, but there was a storm and the the walls, uh, the roof was not closed in. So the And we had done the walls as sort of prefabricated, insulated walls. So everything got wet. Mm. And that added one day to our schedule. One day. Why were the timelines so crazy? Because so te- television producers are crazy. And it was expensive. You know, you've got a crew of 75 yeah, like true. going into. So an, an extra day added a million dollars for them. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Just in so production and people. Production, and crews, directors. Outside of the construction. Absolutely. Yeah, we had wow. 75. It was a circus. Like yeah. I tr- was literally traveling with a circus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we would shoot 25 uh, homes roughly a, a season. And the season wasn't a full 12 month schedule. So sometimes we would have a break between seasons that was yeah. like a week hiatus. Wow. And sometimes it was two months hiatus. How long did you do this? Um, seven years. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Man. How long yeah. did you get to design each house? Like, did, did, did you know what you were doing like three, four, five houses out? Yes, definitely. So my when I became the lead, we would get the family's casting information and I would go to travel to that site with our construction manager and we would meet with the with the contractor and that person had already been vetted. Yeah. Um and so but that was usually 6 weeks out. 
So six weeks was the full like design drawings. We would, I would sit with a local architect. You would love this. Like that's where I learned. I mean, I would sit with an architect and the builders were always tempted before I started the role, they would just bring one of their drawing, one of their house plans. Mm -hmm. And they would say, let's fit that family into this house. I was the person that was like, we're not here to just be mundane. I want something. I don't want Gable on Gable on Gable on Gable. Like I'm so tired of that look. Like we're not here to do that. We're here to do something unique. And for this family, what does this family want? What is their dream? Our role is to become like, get into their minds and they never knew we existed. Mm -hmm. Like we were these little elves behind the scenes and I created an, an interview document to get into their heads. Mm-hmm. Like I, it was 20, 20 pages and just fill it out, just yeah. dream on paper for me. And I got that information. I'd get on a plane and I'd start drawing, mm-hmm. but I would sit with an architect for eight hours and that I would, and I would draw the plan, sketch what I thought we w- should do, sit with him for him or her for eight hours. And then I would fly out and they would create the drawing in a couple of days, like wow. draft the whole set. And then I would mark it up. But, you know, a lot of families we were helping had medical needs. I mean, we we helped a little boy with like brittle bones wow. disease, you know, just like it. So they were, they were, there were certain needs that a family had. And so we had to consider all of that. But hmm. it was six weeks in, you know, right as soon as I got the drawings from the architect, we boarded the cabinets, ordered the plumbing fixtures, you know, and so we were just constantly. But once we got on the ground, it was all like you picked all the furniture on the ground in five days, all the paint colors, I'd walk around and go, bam, 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 bam. Man. And that's one of the reasons I'm so bold with color because I got this incredible exercise yeah. of seeing the color go on the wall. I remember walking through, it was um, Brooklyn, and we ended up helping like, you know, you'd get there in the spirit and the essence of what everyone's doing and people got so into it. People always ask like, well, how did you get past inspections? The inspector would usually pick up a hammer and fix whatever needed to be <laughs> yeah. because the essence yeah, that's the, true. you yeah. know, it's like you're in it, you're in that blue shirt, you're feeling like, man, we're we're like really helping people here. So they usually that's would funny. help fix yeah. the problem, you know, and we did vertical building, like plumbers down below, you know, we called it vertical building because the trades were literally stacked on top of each other. Oh, plumbers down here roughing in, electricians roughing the sconce above him, yeah. over here, someone's running insulation. I mean- Vertical building. So when trades can't be in the house together or yeah, can't be in the project right. together, yeah. oh, you want to ruffle Kim's feathers? <laughs> I've got stories to tell you. Yeah. You know, you're just like, I've seen it. I've seen it. You can be in that house together. Yeah. You can work together, yeah. you know? And yeah. so, and a lot of builders, Jeremy, you would love this. A lot of builders, their feedback after working with us was they could cut their schedule by sure. 30%. Yeah. Because they learned, like, we had it down by mm-hmm. that point, you know, how to how to build quickly, how to get your guys in there and out. And and people always said, well, I bet it's not built well. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. We Our punch list looked the same as anybody's punch mm-hmm. list most of the time. You know, but we would lean on the contractor that like the local citizens and mayor, I mean, you always found a contractor that like had the right trades to pull into the project. Mm -hmm. And it's cool how stuff always, always worked out. Like I remember we lost our countertop company. I can't remember which house it was. And it was, we were in the thick of it. I mean, we were day three and the countertop company pulled out because they decided they didn't want to donate them. I walked out of the house or out of, yeah, out of the project and I was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? So I like walked to the the, ra- the rail of where all the volunteers are out there just cheering you on. And yeah. I was like, I need their energy to like fill yeah. me back up because I'm feeling super defeated. So I walk up to them and some volunteer goes, hey, is there anything y'all need? Can we help? And I was like, man, you know, just lost our countertop company. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. He goes, my brother owns a countertop company. Let me call him. Picks up his phone. I got your countertops. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's do this. Yeah. You know, so this the, the spirit, you know, I always said, like, I saw such a beautiful side of our country. I saw the good, yeah. like good people wanting to help people. And it was really beautiful. Yeah. And just like, I don't watch the news. And yeah, I never man. have, never, yeah. you know, I'm just, let's talk about the good. There's a lot of it out yeah. there. Yeah. That's real. Well, one thing I wanted to mention, which I think is interesting about what we were talking about, every one of those projects, you guys had this vision and this this energy and this like mission, mm-hmm. right? And and I think that's a huge part. I mean, obviously the right people, but that everybody was bought into this really aggressive mission, and you had people reaching out. What can we do? What can we do? Right? 
And I think that adds a lot to the success of of a extreme project like that. Yeah. And that, you know, so how do you bring how do you bring that in a little bit of that to every project? It's funny you say that because my my role in this in this TV show was in a pr- super predicament. I had producers in the Ivory Tower in Hollywood pushing me to do insane things, and I had builders on this side saying, "I can't do that. Yeah. I can't. I can't do that." And I had our construction guys and our carpenters saying, we only have so much time, Kim. We're tired. Yeah. Like, how do we do this? And the only thing I could ever, when when I, the only way I could ever get people to agree on something was if it was about the mission and mm-hmm. the family. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. It's like, no, but this person, like this would change their lives. Yeah. So like, okay, producers now off my back because they see, they feel the story. Yeah. They're like, they're buying in. Builder but is buying in because he can see it and feel it you know so it's like it always had to stay about the mission yeah and it's not about the ego or the you know the ratings or the you know yeah it's about the mission and so i think how do you bring that into projects obviously our projects on the daily aren't you know as crazy as you know helping a little boy with little brittle bones but it it does there has to be a story that everyone can anchor Mm. and hold on to like there has to be a reason yeah. for doing what you're doing. And I think most of the time that reason needs to be something that's from a heart mm. and the soul, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why the corporate stuff is hard. You know, it's like, what, 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 what good is this doing? Mm-hmm. It's like the projects that you're doing, if that's changing the essence, the environment, offering a neighborhood, something really beautiful for community, that's the mission. Yeah. Right. And then that, that's kind of like, this is why we do what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. You, as you were talking, how you started was, um, well, I didn't have an education on this. And, and then I started thinking you did, <laughs> you had the best education. Yeah. And, and then I was remembering, you know, like a Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell, he says, okay, well you, you get, you're, you're able to get to, to the top of your game in 10,000 hours. Like there's a, there's a amount of hours and it's fairly, seems fairly accurate, but it's based on his data and the amount of those seven years that you crammed in all of that time, all of that work, that, that's who you, that's who you, you that's why you can excel and, mm-hmm. and, and, and not necessarily push, but uh, inspire people to do, to, to find this thing. Right. And, and, and you can probably bring that into your office and, and inspire your staff and inspire your clients and those and that that's real effective when young folks come into an office, they see that because that's atypical. Mm-hmm. And so to mentor that type of mentality in a designer is pretty remarkable. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. We uh it's funny you say that. I was told by several architects, man, your job is kind of like taking the architecture exam over and over and over and yeah. over. Because it was like eight hours drawing a house, let's go. Yeah. Three days later, but eight hours decisions. drawing a house, let's go. That, that's oh. so mm-hmm. critical to, to learning. That's one thing I pride myself on is like I make quick decisions yeah, and we don't, right. we don't sway. Our world is sometimes slow. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're like, oh, let's mull over t- eight, 80 million different colors. And <laughs> yeah. No, just go. Yeah, no, let's just go. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. going to be fine. Yeah. You know, you're like, no, it'll, it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, I love that you said that. My, my team definitely, um, you know, when you're, when you're hiring someone new, they're like, should I go work for a small firm or should I go work for a big firm? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're going to learn more when you come work for me. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're going to, yeah. you're going to be a part of every single part of that project. Yeah. And when you leave my firm, you could probably go start your own. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's your it's your choice. Yeah. Do you want to be a part of the whole thing or do you want to do, you know, a track? And if you want to do a track, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But if you come work for me, you're going to be able to like do everything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's fun. I mean, I learned a lot on The other thing about learning a lot in that environment was being open to receive. You know, that was the other thing is like, I don't know how to draw that roof line. Will you teach me? Mm-hmm. It's like, and and I think sometimes that is, uh, it's, it's um, what's the word? 
jarring. Dis- uh, it almost like dismantles someone's ego at the table because they're like, sure. oh, she's oh, let me here to learn. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. and it's like, and it wasn't me manipulating them. It was me like, I really want to learn, yeah. you know? And so I did get to sit and, and learn from the best of the best architects around the whole country. Mm-hmm. And what a, what a gift that was. That was my education. Yeah. <clears throat> Back before, what'd you say, 2004? Mm-hmm. What, 2005. Five? What, who were you then? What were you looking? How? Well, I went to A&M, studied yeah. my degrees in journalism. <laughs> like, that's where you're like, I can write a dang good email. Yeah. I don't know. It was the random. I love writing. Yeah. So I did, you know. When, I feel like why are we pressure our children to figure out what they want to be when they're 18? Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. Or, like, or I, who they are. Yeah. Like, oh, it's. I remember sitting at the computer looking at but my dad. Daddy, what should I major in? And he literally said, well, you love writing. How, I mean, it's like A, B, C, D, you know, pick. You love writing. How about journalism? Okay. Yeah. Like, so that's, that was, that was know, me. Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- yes, I loved A&M. That's where I went. And then I moved to I moved to Austin and I actually worked for T3 ad agency because uh. my degree was marketing. Mm-hmm. And I do love graphics and branding. Mm-hmm. So I worked for them for a year. And I was editing Dell catalogs. And I'm like, this is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that skew's wrong. Okay, I cannot do this for the rest of my life. I needed to be out, not in a computer and, yeah. you know, not in an office. And so I went to work for Four Hands. But, um, you know, who was I? I was ambitious. When you lose a parent, you just become strong, fast. And I was self-sufficient and um, always a go-getter. My dad would tell me, you should be the first to the office and the last one to leave. And years later, he said, Kimbo, you took that too far. <laughs> like you're in the office until 3 a.m. I don't think that's what I meant, you know. But my dad was an attorney. He owned his own company. I learned business from him. I started working at his firm when I was 12, straightening the law library books, you know, and I Mm -hmm. did that for 30 minutes. I was like, what's next? Let's go. (laughs) Learned how to type on a typewriter, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was like dictating petitions for divorce and running them to the courthouse at age 12, Uh you know? And so I think work, my work ethic came from him. I've always had that. Um, And I think that's probably the executive executive producers probably saw that in me and gave me a chance at something I had never actually done before. My passion for design came from forehands. I mean, I've always loved art. I think think it's in us, right? Like if you're creative, you're creative Mm -hmm. and you love, I loved painting growing up. I loved dancing. Dancing was my therapy. My grief counseling was the studio. So I learned that movement and like art was sort of what made me feel alive. Yeah. And so that was always who I was. Mm -hmm. And then Extreme Makeover just kind of like blossomed me mm-hmm. into this like Here's, yeah. crazy. I my, they, my nickname was Kim Possible, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And every, every that ep- should be your office. Yeah, name. yeah. There's my yeah. new brand, Kim Possible. <laughs> no, um, but it is. I did kind of develop, and my dad taught me this too. Like, just don't take no for an answer. Yeah. So it's like you get a no, you just keep going. You get keep going. You might get twenty no's till you get a yes. Yeah. So, I I had you know that kind of work ethic and I think that's what's kept me pushing Mm. you know and then I did want a family eventually but I was married for seven years and he he cheated on me um Mm. and so it all fell apart um he was living in LA while I was traveling and you know you just time up the time apart yeah was bad for both of us but I was like off you know doing my career and living this incredible existence and we had an amazing little bungalow in Venice and but his you know I and the guilt in that for me was like did I cause this but the reality is he was who he was and Mm. the actions I couldn't take on the guilt and shame of that yeah like I had to push that away and it took years to get to that place but I became single at 30 when I thought I'd be having a family and that was it was completely crippling Mm. at the time yeah I imagine you know, so moved back to Texas. That's why I moved back to Texas. Like I needed to be in a safer space with yeah. family and something that felt more familiar. And L.A. was like L.A. is a tough place to live. Yeah. You know, you ha- it's like fin for yourself. <laughs> you know, yeah, beat the next person, dude, you out, know. or outdo the next person. Exactly, yeah. especially in that industry. Yeah. And I was tired and had lost all sense of balance in life. 
And so, yeah, I came back here and started my company and did it solo for years. Like I would work out of coffee shops. Yeah. You know, and all the samples would be in my trunk. Yeah. yeah. And I would keep buying coffee to like support the place right. that I was sitting. You know, I <laughs> probably spent enough on coffee. Still I living off that caffeine. Office, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, and I remember like my first employee was someone that worked for Cosentino Silestone, mm, you know, and she was yeah. like, can I come work for you? I was like, it's like the idea of hiring someone hadn't even yeah. come to me. Who'd I call? I called my dad, you know? And I was like, what did I do? How do you know if you're ready to hire someone? He said, Kimbo, you don't. You just do it. Mm-hmm. The money will come. Yeah, you figure it out. And that's like, it's in some ways as business owners, aren't we sort of just like always doing gut checks too? Mm-hmm. There's a gut that you have to have. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember my first hire because I was teaching at A&M and one of the students graduated and he said, hey, can I come and work? I was like, I don't know if I can pay you. Are you going to? Yeah. I said, you can't work for free. What are you talking about? And, and I eventually, uh, I did hire him cause he's, he's awesome. And, uh, and he still is, but, uh, just figure it out. Yeah. And, and every time that we do hire someone, I have that same feeling. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I, I can figured, pay you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds yeah, so crazy, it but it's true. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty wonderful. Yeah. So is that a good segue into what you're working on now? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, I said I lost my mom. I'm coming up on the year that she, of how old she was when she passed, 43. Mm. In March, I turned 43. And I think this, somewhere deep inside this past year, I've felt these like burdens. I've always wanted to write a book. Um, well, for the last 13 years, I've wanted to write a book. I've journaled about this, you know, this life and, and the, mostly the pain I've journaled mm. about it. And, um, yeah, a few months ago, I was like, I, I have got to do this project. Like if I don't do this, I'm going to have regrets. Mm. And, you know, with what time, you know, I have two toddlers at home and a company that's growing and c- clients that call you at all hours of the day, you know, and you're just like, where do I, and a husband, <laughs> um, where do I do this? And so I, I went to Joey and I said, I've, my husband, I was like, I need to do this. I feel burdened by it. If I don't get this out, like I'm going to combust. And so he said, well, just pick a, pick a week and go, where do you want to do it? I was like, I need to go away. I need to go on another time zone. So I picked Paris because Paris has always been inspiring. I love Montmartre, the mm-hmm. artistic square where, you know, Renoir and Van Gogh and Picasso, like they all lived and fried there. Kind of like Midnight in Paris, sure. the movie. I'm like, this is my space. And I know I've been there enough where I won't be tempted to like go sightsee. I just need to hunker down in a coffee shop, bistros yeah. with a cup of, you know, cup of coffee and a wine at night and like just hunker down and write. So I packed my carry-on bag. This was last, I guess, a month and a half ago. Packed a carry-on bag with all my journals. And it was super heavy. (laughs) I mean, books on books on books of stuff I've already written. Mm. And I just went for 10 days and hunkered down and uh, compiled. And a lot of it I had already typed out. So I just went and spent 10 days. I didn't finish, but I have... um, about 200,000 words. Oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah, wow. That's 31 remarkable. chapters are written. Oh, and I, I'm to a place where if I just, if I do one more hunker down session, I could definitely get it to an editor. But people ask me like, what's the book about? And my answer is death, divorce, and forgiveness. Yeah. <laughs> and it sounds, yeah. and then they go, oh, <laughs> like it's not, it's, but there is redemption in it. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. of course. What's the name of it? Do you have a name yet? I have a, a I have a title idea. Okay, Are you, you keeping it? I think so. Okay, I, that's yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah. I want to I want to keep it under wraps until it's closer, but it's um, yeah, it's good. I think. Was it Was it hard to revisit some of that? Absolutely. Re- reading through journals and kind of going back to what you were thinking oh, in that yeah. moment. Yeah, it took a a, a, a level of courage and bravery because you. You know, if you look back at the pain that you have in your life, you can either just kind of push it away yeah. and not address it. But I was like, I was a, a, I was ready to sort of open it back up and say, and I didn't want it to go too far in my life where I couldn't feel those things anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I knew that like the time is now. I need to do this now because if I wait too long, like I want to be able to relay the, the feelings that I had in those moments because the entire goal of it is to help people. Mm-hmm. And if someone can pick up my book and they're going through divorce 
they can see a light at the end of the tunnel. They can feel the, that it's going to be okay. Mm. You know? Yeah. And, and, and when you're in that moment, you need to hear that. And you, you almost, you almost can't hear it, but if you see someone else's story, it can like let, you can latch onto a sense of hope. Mm -hmm. Um, and same with death and forgiveness. So all these different, I say I have four boulders that were, that were sort of holding me down. It was losing my mom, losing my grandmother, which felt like losing my mom again, you know, my dad and betrayed and cheated. And he, he had things, even though he is a good dad, he loved me, but the way he treated women was not a good role model. And then, and then I married someone like my dad, mm. which is like, we all do that, sure, yeah. you know? And so those were my boulders that were sort of holding me down. And, um, I always like. I guess I just knew I needed I need I needed to get past it. But the, the the things that were the hardest to open back up was not the divorce, not even necessarily the loss of my mom, but it was the, it was my dad mm. because I just lost him last year. And it's like mm. the trauma that we experience as children, it just is hard to shake, mm. you know. And and you don't realize like it's if you don't constantly work that muscle. Forgiveness is a muscle, yeah. you know, and you have to exercise it or it will grow dormant and hard and your, your heart will get bitter again. Mm -hmm. And so that was the hardest stuff that those were the chapters that I would call Joey in tears and say, mm -hmm. this is hard. Yeah, wow. This is hard. But if it's hard, that means it's good. Yeah. Right. And so, um, yeah, I'm passionate about, about getting this book out. Hmm. Yeah. It makes me happy. Yeah. I can tell that, I'm, <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'm a little bit in awestruck thinking, wow, that yeah. is really powerful. And everybody should probably do that once, whether you mm -hmm. finish or you get to this yeah. publication or just print mm -hmm. stage, it seems very healthy. It is. Yeah. It's kind of just like, let's, let's address our things because that's where we grow, Yeah, you know, and not, and, and we live in such a world where it's easy to just brush it all under the rug. Mm, yeah. And yeah. It's not, if I'm, if we're doing that, we're not our best self for ourselves, for our team, for our family, for our children. Yeah. And I, you know, I look at Sunny, she's, she just turned five. And uh, in one year I, you know, I found, when I was six, I found out my mom had cancer and I look at her and I'm like, wow, she's almost, I was almost her age. Mm -hmm. And so these cycles of life and events that happen, I hope that my book will help my own children too. Yeah, you yeah know? absolutely. So it's it's exciting. It's it's definitely like a passion project, yeah. you know. But if one person can be helped by it, it's worth it. What um so when you finish, is there a pathway after that or what how do you I, have, I, I don't even know the the world, know. right? So I'm like you, Yeah, you can self-publish or you can find a publisher and I haven't decided which I'm going to do yet. A lot of people will tell you and I've talked to them like you should get a publisher first. They'll give you an outline and then and then you write it. Mm -hmm. And you're like, "No, no, no. No, I'm not doing this for the publisher. I'm not doing this to be a New York Times bestseller. I'm doing this because this is what I need to do." Yeah. So I won't be told how to write it. Sure. Now I am happy to hear feedback once it's together, and if they, if someone, if someone will need to get it, so it'll get edited, yeah. right? So I'll, I'll send it because someone else yeah. needs to see the perspective, yeah. and then I'll be so open as I am with design and architecture to hear feedback. But it's like I need to get it out the way I feel it, and then have someone remark on it. So yeah. whether it's self-published or published with a publisher, I'm not sure yet. Um, but yeah, that's that's, that's amazing. It's exciting. Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. It's a big threshold. It is. I'm hoping to get it out into the world, you know, at least in 2024, I yeah. think wow. is the goal. Wow. See? Just <laughs> Yeah, Keep you just going. push. <laughs> the rigor. Yeah, it's good. I, I feel like it's just like, it's who I am and um, yeah, I have to get it out. Well, uh, what you didn't say about who you are and I believe it more ne more now after talking to you is your your ability ability to recreate yourself, mm. right? And and that's real powerful. And it's not like professional, but it's this recreating yourself in a way that offers a different perspective or a different mm -hmm. understanding of who you are. So I I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, it's I think that's a struggle for everyone. Yeah, and absolutely.
It's like what you have to remember, like, what is it that makes you feel alive? For me, it's travel. And, you know, it's like you got to if that's if, if that's if those things are in paramount to keeping you who you are. And if you're if you're happy, then you're better for the world and the world around you. Very true. We can all remember that. Yeah. <laughs> As I race out. I know. To back to the grind. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to say it, but it is a daily. It's uh, a daily. Yeah. Right. Daily. Well, I'll tell you this. As much as you've recreated, you're exactly the same person that I met years ago. You know, genuine, authentic. Yeah, right. Sure. You know what I mean? Pleasure mm -hmm. to be around. Thank you. So, I mean, it's, yeah, th this has been great. Yeah, thank you all for yeah. having me. So fun. I could feel like I could sit in here and talk to you yeah, all. Yeah, I know. I, I lost track of time. Yeah. So. No, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I'm proud of to you do it too again. for doing this. Yeah, creating space for people to connect. We need more of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Share ideas. Yeah. Past experiences. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah.